All right, we're going we're gonna to talk about errors and home runs tonight. So if you play baseball, just a little bit of baseball, you know what home runs are. What is a home run? Home run means the ball goes out of, out of the playing field and you get to go from home plate all the way around to home plate. What's a grand slam? Uh, when there's three people on base. Bases are loaded and somebody hits a home run, that's a grand slam. So that's a good thing. But what are errors? No, not really. It's where you mess up. When you mess up. So who in here has messed up before? Whether it's in baseball or not. We've all messed up. We all mess up. So if you... All right, you, you can put your hands down. So if you think about baseball in general or any sport, they're, they're interesting because you have to do... You have to have strategy. You have to know how to play not just the game, but you got to know who you're playing against. So I want you to think of it like this. If Lane, Lane, get up here like you're getting ready to bat. This is home plate. Get off the ball. There you go. Stand right there. So if I'm the pitcher and I'm, I'm looking at Lane, I've done research on Lane. All right, I, know what, uh-huh. I know what kind of batter Lane is. <laughs> so I know what kind of batter he is. I know if he's strong. I know if he's weak. I know if that ball is going to pull to the left, if it's going to go to the right, if it's going to be a grounder, if he sends him right over third base or right over shortstop. I know how he bats. I've studied him. So I'm going to change my pitch up. I might send him a slider. I might give him a fastball. I might just lob one in there at about 80 miles an hour instead of my fastball. And really mess with him, but there's the you can have a seat lane. There's strategy. There's there's homework involved in baseball, football as well. You have to know your opponent. You got to know their weaknesses, their strengths. With that, then you talk to your defense. So if I know Lane is a weak hitter, he can't get it over. Sorry, Lane, he can't get it over the wall. We know that we don't have to worry about Lane hitting one over the wall, making a home run, getting home run. So what? this is what I'm going to do. My outfielders, I'm going to bring my outfielders in. All right, I'm going to play defense, and I'm going to creep my outfielders up closer to the infield because Lane is not going to be able to hit it that hard and get by me. All right, so it's, called, it's, it's a defensive strategy. I'm thinking ahead. I'm trying to think like Lane thinks. That's dangerous, ain't it? Thinking like Lane thinks, but you got you got to have strategy. Now, for you guys that know baseball, what's the perfect batting average? What, what do you think? A thousand. You got it. One thousand. That three hundred will do it. What was Ty Cobb's batting average? Since you're a smart aleck and all. Everybody knows him. We'll talk about him. We're going to talk about Ty Cobb here in just a second. So, batting a thousand. You may hear people refer to that as batting a thousand. That means you're good. How many people in the Hall of Fame have ever batted a thousand? None. No, he didn't even. <laughs> so, so, batting a thousand means that you always hit the ball. So, on average, around 300. 
it is a, is a good batting average for most of the, the, the good batters anyway. But what does batting 300 mean? That means if I go up to the plate and you pitch me 10 balls, I'm going to hit 3 out of 10. That's what batting 300 means. So I'm only going to hit 3 out of 10. Now, is that good? Does that sound good or bad? <laughs> Do what? It's, it's, it's good, but if you look at the batting average for most players, it looks like they strike out more than they hit, and they actually do. They're striking out more than half the time. That doesn't sound good, does it? It don't sound good at all. It doesn't sound like they're doing that good a job. Now, Ty Cobb, I'm going to talk about Ty Cobb, and we're going to move on. He was the best hitter ever. When you get home, do a little research, Ty Cobb's an amazing man. Ty Cobb played in the early eras of, of, of baseball. Amazing, amazing baseball player. Guess what his batting average was? No, no, we're close. No, no, no. Three, three sixty-six. That's not bad at all for a bat for for baseball. That's actually really good. He's had the best batting average of anybody, which means that he struck out or hit into an out about six or seven times for every ten at bats. Am I looking it up? I looked it up before I got here, but yes, I had to do some. It's not cheating. <laughs> I have to do it. I've got more research for you guys here after a while. So, what is a batting slump? Oh, no. What did you say? No, batting slump means you're just not doing good. So you get into a batting slump. We all get in slumps. Like, even at school, you can get into a slump. Maybe you're doing really good in a class, and then all of a sudden you kind of drop off for a little bit. That's a slump. You go into a slump. All right, We all do it. Batters get into a batting slump, but what, why do you think they get into a batting slump? They're maybe worried. No, not really nerves. It's, what do you think? They're not focused. Why are they not focused? They've lost sight of the fundamentals of baseball or batting, which means they've lost they're, – they're, they're, they're not going back to the basics of batting. What is the very first thing that you learn typically when you're batting? What do you think? Keep your head – I know what you, you're right. Yes, he's right. He's dead on. Normally, we would say, keep your eye on the ball, right? Keep your head on the swivel. Keep your eye on the ball. You, you've got to keep your eye on that thing coming at you. Because it's coming at – well, you guys don't have to worry about these 90 and 100-mile-an-hour heaters coming in, but they can be fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'll take your head right off. But you don't do that. You don't do that. Yeah, you don't. That's why you don't crack. This, this right here, this right here, your head does not need to go over that plate. You're, yeah, it'll hit you. All right. No, well, that's illegal. All right, get back. You're out of the batter box. All right, shh, be real quiet. So what happens when a batter gets into a batting slump? That means... 
They don't care, but they've lost sight of the fundamentals, which means the basics. So when you get into a batting slump, your batting coach is going to say, you need to get back to the basics. What's your foot <laughs> that's, a, that's a personal problem. So you need to, you got to get back to the basics, which means you're going back to the batting cage, and you're going to have a batting coach that's going to be there with you, and they're going to work on your stance. They're going to work on your, uh, your alignment. They're going to work on your swing. All of these things are going to go back to what you learned as a kid. Now, that's almost a slap in the face. These guys are making millions of dollars, and you're going back. It is sad. Yeah, and you got to go back to the basics. Now, we're going to take this. It does not mean. It's actually. All right, listen. It's good to go back to the basics. Sometimes we need to go back to the basics. In our walk with Jesus, sometimes we get so overwhelmed with trying to impress people trying to make sure that the church looks good, or there's a lot of people in the church, or you dress a certain way, you sing a certain way, you look a certain way, you smell a certain way. We get so wrapped up in trying to impress everybody else, we forget that we're here just to worship God. That's it. And so sometimes we need that reminder to get back to the basics. Now, what is the back to the basics for a Christian? What do you think it might be? That's perfect. That's one. There's another one. Praying. Worshiping's one. What's one? No, not really, but it's, it's good. You're not wrong. Lane's not wrong at all. But I'm looking for one other. We have praying and reading the Bible. That's it. Well, I didn't hear you. Praying. I'm sorry. <laughs> praying and reading your Bible. When you pray, you're talking to God. When you read your Bible, the Bible's talking back to you. Suck it up, Nancy. We got to get back to the basics. Take we got to you know get back to the extra batting practices, which means for a Christian we get back to just getting back into the Word of God and letting it speak to you and talk to you and lead you and get you out of that batting slump that you might be in. Held back, yes. And I'm going to talk about being held back here in just a second. I know where I, I like where you're going, and you hang on to that, okay? So I'm going to read you the scripture real fast. It's over here out of Romans seven. And um, I'll promise you, y'all can just put your hands down for a little bit because I'm going to bore you. What I'm about to read you is probably one of the most confusing parts of the Bible that I have ever read in my life, okay? I'm going to read it as the Bible says it, and then we're going to talk about it, and I'll make it make sense, okay? All right, now brace yourselves for this. It's confusing. Try to keep up. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Now listen, y'all be real quiet. Sold under sin. Now here's where it gets confusing. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then, I'm not done yet. Listen. If the, <laughs> it, Here, listen. Be real quiet. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more... 
I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Hang on, I ain't done yet. This is the quiz, y'all listen, okay? I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of, of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then which... Uh, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law is sin. Ain't that confusing? Ah, all right. Do you want me to tell you what he's trying to say? It sounds like Dr. Seuss. Let me tell you what he's trying to say right there. All right. No, what he is saying, not trying, but he is saying this. He is saying that we're human, and the human side of us wants to do bad things because what's in us? Sin is in us. Sin is bad. Sin is in us, so we want to do bad things. But spiritually, as we're, when we're saved by God's grace, we want to do good things. So what I want you to think about is cartoons. When you see cartoons and you've got the little angel on your shoulder and the little devil on your shoulder and they're talking. This is his favorite thing to refer to. Yes. That's, your, that's, the, that's good and evil. That's your conscience talking to you. All right? So you have these talking in your ear. That's what Paul's saying. The good inside of me wants to do good, but the bad inside of me wants to do bad too. And so your, your body, your, your mind and everything is always at war with one another. Always at war. That's exactly right. Your, your heart's wanting to do good and your brain's wanting to do bad. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. They're battling back and forth. Now, I want y'all to listen. Do you have a question? We'll go get one. Out there, somewhere where the pizza's at. Just tell somebody. You want to take her out there and grab one? All right, y'all, listen real close, okay? So Paul is, going to, is writing a letter over to Timothy, and he's going to tell Timothy that he's a bad person. This is what he says. I want you to listen to what, Tim, or what Paul says to Timothy. And he hates himself for this. Paul says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now listen to what he says. Of whom I am chief. He said he's the biggest sinner of them all. Paul, if you remember when he was Saul, before he was saved, what did Paul do? No, he did not. What did Paul do to Christians? He, technically, he never killed anybody. No, but you're not wrong because he wrote the warrants and sent those people to kill him. So you're not wrong. He physically never killed them, but he signed the papers to have them killed. To me, to me that's the same thing. So, so Paul had a bad history. And so he felt as if he was never worthy to serve God because of his history. And he says that he is the chief sinner. Chief sinner. Paul says that he, when it comes to sinners, there's nobody worse than him. And so that's the same with each one of us. 
when it comes to sinners, we're all sinners. We're all equal in God's eyes when it comes to sin. We all do different sins, but we're all... Okay. But we all, we all sin, we all mess up. So what is, what is a, this is for you baseball folks, what is a pinch hitter? Why would they sit in a pinch hitter? Because the hitter sucks. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that'll work. <laughs> yes, the, the hitter is no good. <laughs> or what? Okay, so, yeah, both of those. All right, now listen, these guys nailed it right here. Listen, what a pinch hitter is. So your battery, get, Lane gets up to bat, you stay right there, you don't have to get up. Lane gets up to, or it's, it's, he's not up to bat. He, he can't go up to the batter's box, but he's next in line. And the coach is like, Lane is too good a hitter. I'm going to put somebody in because, I, because maybe the pitcher's throwing some wild pitches. He's took out a couple. It's just not pretty. So he could replace him with a pitch hitter, but he could also be bad. So I'm going to go with what you said, all right, too. Coach is looking at the batting lineup, and, man, he's like, golly, Lane is terrible. <laughs> Lane is awful. You know what? Let's put a girl in. And so he's going to put Paisley in in his, in, in his place. So what that means is Lane is not good enough to bat, so they're going to send in somebody better to bat. All right, now listen. Here's, here's what, what you've got to understand about this. this. This is where the message is. Jesus is our pinch hitter. Jesus batted 1,000 and still batted 1,000. He's never messed up. He's never struck out. He's perfect. Batting 1,000 means you're perfect. God knew for a fact that we were not good enough. We are not good enough. In the flesh, like Paul's saying, in the flesh, we're not good enough. There's too much sin in us. And so, since there's so much sin in us, he said, well, you stink. I'm going to send in a pinch hitter. And so, for the pinch hitter, he sent Jesus in. God's son. Remember, God's the manager. Jesus is coaching. However you want to look at it, as we talked about this week. But batting a thousand is impossible for us, I am positive there has never been and will never be anybody that bats a thousand. But when it comes to the do what? They can't. There's no way. It, there's no way it can ever happen. The highest ever got to was 366, and that ain't even close. The corn guy. So. Remember that there is no way we can meet that perfection, but Jesus did. Jesus batted 1,000. We're lucky to bat 100. I mean, we're that bad. Not bad at batting. We're just that bad. We're just that bad a person. Lane might bat 100. I don't know, 150. I don't know. But we, we, can't, we can't meet the expectations that God has for us, but Jesus did. Jesus batted 1,000. We bat 300, whatever you want to say. He's perfect, we are not. Now, I was watching something the other day at work. At work, Yes, I'm guilty. I was watching YouTube at work the other day, but it was for you guys. I took one for the team. I took it for the team. I was watching an old Braves game. James probably remembers this. Where'd James go? Did he already walk back out? Oh. Okay. That was quick. So, I was watching an old Braves game from, like, back in the 80s. It was really old. 
So this game went to about 3 o'clock in the morning. Can you imagine a game that starts at like 7 o'clock at night going to 3 o'clock in the morning? Do you remember that it was a Braves game that went to like 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it's 20, is it? Yeah. So here's the thing. Nobody knew who was going to win. Nobody knew who was going to win because they st- it was, well, it was late. Depends on how you want to look at it. It was early in the morning, late at night. They didn't know who was going to win because they stayed tied. They just couldn't get there. They couldn't get there. So with on the Christian spin of that, we don't know who wins the baseball games. But when we look at the baseball game of life, when we look at playing God's team, playing in God's team against Satan's team, we win every time. We, have, we know Jesus has told us, we've read in Revelation, the book of Daniel tells us that at the end, when we're playing in the World Series against the devil, we win. There's no cheating that they can do. There's been a lot of people. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's nobody standing in the stands with a trash can making sounds like the Astros to win the World Series. It doesn't happen that way. God knows. Except for the Astros, they don't count. We, we know who wins. We've read the Bible flat out tells us that the believers in Jesus Christ, we win. That team that we are playing on, God's team, we win that. Because we have the greatest, we have a living Savior, we have the greatest batter to ever come around because he's batting a thousand. Like I said, he's perfect. When I say batting a thousand, I don't mean that Jesus is playing baseball. I mean he's perfect. That's what I'm saying. And just win the game. Yeah. Now, there, there's work to be done whenever it's time for us to play that game. There's a lot of work to be done. What time's that over with, James? 810? Okay. Uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up with that right there. Just remember, when you get into your batting slump, which means in your Christian life, when things just don't seem to be going right, remember to go back to the basics. Get back in your Bible. Get back into your prayer life and see what happens. When batters get into their slump, they go back to the basics. They get with their hitting coach. They go back to their stance. They go back to a lot of different things, the way that they were trained, and then they hit better. Get back to the basics with Jesus. Yeah, you can do that too, but there's a lot that you can do on your own. No, we're, I'll help you if I need to. All right, has anybody got any questions? Strike three. All right, get out of here.